Hi everyone, welcome to another uh, episode of Fool's Gold Variety Hour. Zach, do you happen to know, I'm one of the hosts, Tom, and I'm about to ask the other host, Zach, a question. Hey, that's me, I'm Zach. Zach, do you happen to know what episode we're on? Like, what? how how many of these have we uh, put out into the universe? I think this is 32, maybe 33? 32, maybe 33. We're past 30, I think. Well... I have, I have, I don't have my hard drive that all the audio files are plugged into that would tell me for sure. I guess I could look up our hosting site. Let me just talk for a little bit while I confirm this. 33 episodes, we'll say. 33 episodes is more episodes than a lot of really good network television programs get. This is episode 32. How does it feel to know that there's more content of us than there is of, say, The Mandalorian? The Mandalorian? The Mandalorian is a streaming show, not a network show. But we have... Have we surpassed The Mandalorian? I was thinking, like, have we surpassed NBC's The Cape? Which I'm pretty sure we have in a number of episodes. We've and... surpassed... Uh, we surpassed Firefly. Fair. Yeah, I think I think we did. Uh, there are 24 main series Mandalorian episodes, not counting, not counting his appearances in Boba Fett, etc. So we 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 do have a a more efficient output than Lucasfilm at this time. One one could say. Plus, we go nearly every week, and Mandalorian takes like two year gaps between every season. So that's true. That is true. Um. Now, Zach. Yes, Tom. Have you watched the Super Mario Brothers movie? I have indeed, Tom. I have indeed watched Mario and his and his good brother Luigi in the Mushroom Kingdom having adventures. Mario more than Luigi, the one having adventures. But why do you ask, Tom? Well, I just wanna I wanna real quick talk about how. That movie, among um, among among some more movies that have been coming out recently, hmm. really divided uh, critics and audiences. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Just in sure. terms of like Rotten Tomato score, in terms of in terms yeah. of various places that critics leave reviews and audience leave reviews, there have been a number of movies recently that have been fairly divided. I want to dive in uh, head first. And here he goes. And He's say... Jumping. He's jumping. I just, I just want to say that just because... Listen. How do I, how do I even begin this? If you, you need... You are not sticking this landing. You're oh. not making... Not doing a good splash on the... You're not keeping your splash to a minimum here, Tom. Here's what I'm saying. People who are like, oh... Critics don't know how to review movies or like critics don't understand why people like movies or critics don't understand what makes us a good movie. Hey, they do. And um, I can honestly tell you this. The Mario movie was a fun time. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. I think if it was playing in my house and I had little rugrats running around, um, and it was on all the time, it would take a while for me to be sick of it. Fair. It's also not a good movie. It's not that good, no. <laughs> like, I, I, will, I will give it this. It is animated very well. Visually, it is good to look at. Yes. And, listen, things can be not good, and you can still like them. You're not stupid for liking something that's not good. You're not like you like you listen, I say this as somebody who likes Jason Statham movies. Indeed you do. Indeed you Those do. Those movies are not good. But man are they fun. And man do I like them. So I just I just want people to stop being like critics don't understand. No, critics know what they're doing. Critics understand that, hey, Marvel, if you are 
making an entire movie that is just setting up the next phase of your movie and you require people to have seen 20 movies beforehand and all of this baggage. Hey, Star Wars, if I need to watch six TV shows to understand a movie, it's okay for a critic to be like, hey, that's probably not for everyone. Yeah. And when the audience, when the audience score is really high, yeah, no shit. Because if a bunch of people paid $11 to see a movie, they probably paid that money because they thought they'd like the movie. To be honest, I personally am of the opinion that if you see a movie in a theater, you are more predisposed to like it than if you see it on your TV as well. I, I don't agree. think it's a hard and fast rule, but like if you are specifically sitting there to pay attention on only this thing, assuming you're following the rules, you will have been able to absorb more of the movie and thus there, there is a possibility that you would appreciate it more. That said, I don't think the barrier for entry for Mario is like comparable to Star Wars. You know? I don't think you need to have seen whatever to oh, get Mario. I fully agree. And we can talk more about the Mario movie in a sec. I just want to talk about people who are like, critics just don't get what I'm into or like critics are stupid or critics are dumb because they don't understand what you are communicating to me. When you say that is the stuff I like is above or beyond criticism or the stuff that I like can't be like, maybe be like, Hey, here's somebody who doesn't like what I like. In fact, a lot of people with, let's say, I don't know, critical thinking skills don't like what I like. You can, you have a few paths, a few options. You can say, huh, I think this is why I like it. And this is what, a, this is what about it makes me feel like a good time, enjoyment out of it. Um, or you can just be like, hmm, they're stupid. And hmm. I'm always right. And the stuff I like isn't up to like a critical like they wouldn't know i i just i'm so tired of it and i it bothers me so much all the people i always see who are like whoa look at the rotten tomato scores audience loved it critics just don't understand what fans want yeah because when a movie releases and fans when this is my last thing and then i'm gonna let you take the reins sure 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 when a movie releases and suddenly fans can start reviewing something these are people who are going to movies opening night or opening week, or opening couple of weeks, paying money to watch it, everyone doing that is going into the movie because they're interested in the movie. The critics are just watching a movie and, like, are not, like, hey, like, there's a difference between you being paid to watch something and analyze it and you choosing to pay to go see something. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I I affirm and agree with most of what you are saying. I do want to say, and this is not piggybacking off of you, any of your arguments. It's just something I've noticed, and we might have talked about it on the show, too, um, that Rotten Tomatoes' metric is often extremely hard for people to understand when it's really very simple. Um, so I have the Mario Rotten Tomatoes page pulled up here. Um, so. 58% critical score for Rotten Tomatoes on Rotten Tomatoes for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Now, some people out there in the world believe that that means that the that people that the critics rated it a 58 out of 100. It it has it is a like a F grade movie Mm -hmm. now what it really means is that of every 100 critics who saw the movie reviewed it and had those reviews put on rotten tomatoes 58 percent of critics liked it so that's over half over half critics liked the movie they gave it a positive review right and that said that doesn't mean that the uh 42 percent of critics who gave it negative reviews didn't have positive things to say about it. Right. So I don't know what the certified fresh benchmark is. I think it's uh, 75. Okay. So 58% of 
critics saw the Mario movie and were like, that gets more than a 7.5 out of 10. Oh, wait, no, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I meant it's a 75% means certified fresh altogether. Like, it has to hit that point. Yeah, but I, don't the critics get to be like... Um, I, think the, it, I, th- I think it's a two... It's, I think it's a three out of five. Okay. Uh, gets a, like a 60%. Gets so a, most, so most of the critics liked it, and the rest of the critics were... Like, nobody who is a paid film critic who... Again, you can be like, oh, they're elitist and they don't understand what the people like. Okay. Like, that's a weird way to approach life. But, like, mm-hmm. they're not just going to be like, hey, for the Peaches song alone, 10 out of 10. Like, they're not going to do that. That's not their job. The The other thing is that that same thing applies to audience scores. So, yes, it is a 96. But that means that uh, a 96% audience score but how many people who saw the Mario movie and had any sort of opinion on it decided to go log that on Rotten Tomatoes? Right. I don't want to get into statistical stuff here, but like the sample sizes are kind of one, they're skewed very heavily because it says, uh, it says over 10,000 audience scores uh-huh. and versus 243 critic reviews. The sample sizes are very like unbalanced. Right. You know? Uh-huh. So it's it's not a great metric for just deciding whole cloth whether or not a movie is good or well liked by the general public or whatever. Right. And again, you can just think critically about things, about like, what is it about this that speaks to me, that speaks to so many people? What is it about this that that I, I don't that I, I, it's not for me, but everybody seems to love it. Like, what is it about that? Am I just like attracted to being contrarian? Am I attra- like, you can just like analyze your own patterns or you can just not be like, oh, wow, people who disagree with me don't understand. Like, <laughs> that's such a weird line to draw in the sand. This stems partially from, I saw a tweet today. There's this movie, Bo is Afraid. Zach can probably give you a far better synopsis than me. I haven't seen it. I'm seeing it tomorrow. But you can... What's the general vibe? The general vibe is it's about a a middle-aged man who has, like, severe, like, anxiety issues because he had a very, like, controlling and, like, tense relationship with his mother. And it's about him, like, going to go on vacation or taking a trip to see his mother and that entire trip becomes like a literal like dream logic nightmare in which it's like half wizard of oz like half horror movie like he gets caught up in all of these very surreal situations while trying to go see his mom and it is three hours long and people either seem to really like it or really hate it and i'm very excited to have an opinion on it so there's a review that i saw today of it where somebody says I don't suffer from anxiety, and I have a great relationship with my mom. So Bo is Afraid doesn't work for me, which is to say it's a film that makes zero outreach to its audience. Viewers who share its <laughs> wavelength will adore it. Everyone else will find it less than useless. So he negated his own sentence there. You know, like it has zero outreach to its audience. However, some people might like it. That doesn't that doesn't track. Zach. Yeah. I've never divided my power and vast land holdings between my three daughters. <laughs> one of whom is fair and true. So King yeah. Lear doesn't one of, work one for of me. Whom who wouldn't just decide one of whom who wouldn't yeah. <laughs> one of your daughters wouldn't just tell you what you want to hear, but would actually be like true true to you. Yeah. But you don't have that, so you don't get King Lear. King Lear <laughs> doesn't doesn't work for me. Not a not a got a lot of vast appeal on that one. Yeah. I personally have never tried to fix a water main in the sewers of Brooklyn and get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom. And so, truthfully, I can't really relate to the Super Mario Brothers movie. Which brings us full circle. It has zero audience outreach. Yeah. Here's the thing. The Mario movie, when you say you can't relate, here's the thing about Mario. He's He's a corporation's mascot. So that corporation is going to be... Fairly protective. I just, 
this movie, despite being at a breakneck pace. We're getting back on Mario, yes, okay. There's Mario is such a non-character. Like, he has no flaws, and he also really has no personality. Like, he doesn't learn anything, because he can't, because an entire corporation can't make him have flaws. I mean, his biggest flaws are, is that his... He is yet to convince his family that he's a good plumber. Uh-huh. And, which and he, he is. Which, yeah, he is until, like, a demon dog ruins their job. But, like, he has yet to convince his family he's a good plumber. And and uh, he isn't immediately able to do the Mushroom Kingdom obstacle courses. Mm-hmm. But he just, he has such a, which, sure, in all the games, he is kind of, like, the very average. He's just such a... He's such a non-character. Like, he doesn't... He doesn't have a personality in that movie, really. He's just supposed to... And that's kind of the reason why... I don't I don't think Chris Pratt is the best voice performance in that movie by a while. By, I mean, by a mile, but he is not the worst oh. voice performance in that movie. Right. Uh, if I'm being honest, and I hate to say it, because I generally enjoy her in most things. But Anya Taylor-Joy is doing absolutely nothing as Peach in the Mario Brothers movie. Just he, like... She took the Seth Rogen approach, which was just like, this is just my voice, and I'm just reading these lines. Yeah. But at least Seth Rogen was like, and I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I don't know. I know Anya Taylor-Joy is from, like, a bunch of different places. Like, she grew up in, like, three different countries. So I don't know if... The the American accent with which she is speaking as Peach is her correct one, or if she's got a British accent. I think she has a British accent. So she is doing some sort of affectation, but it's still, like, staid and low energy. And it's just like, Mario, we need to go to the Jungle Kingdom. The The biggest laugh for me it, it was, it was, it wasn't a joke. It was just a line that she delivered earnestly. Mario is like, hey, maybe we're from the same world. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, it's a big universe out there, <laughs> which with is many, not with, with many galaxies, which 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 is not an answer to Mario's like it is not. It's just not a logical response. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and, but it also wasn't like, hey, there's no way <laughs> she was just like, hmm. It's a big world. Yeah. All this yeah. to say, Mario movie, fun. L- had a great time in theaters. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I I laughed at the jokes. I thought the humor landed. I thought it looked really good. Um, But, come on, guys. It's not a good movie. It is not a good movie. It is a fun time. That doesn't a fun time does not a good movie make. Right, I would I would watch it again. I would check like I I have nothing against this movie. It's just to be like critics don't understand it. (laughs) It it also feels weird. I feel like Mario is one of the few intellectual properties that has decades of content to draw from. Yeah, again, Mario. has no discernible personality because luigi you've got luigi's mansion like we yeah. know luigi is a, a scaredy cat like he, yeah, he's timid he's he's a coward and we can you can work with that when you're writing a script you can like do something but mario has for decades just been some guy <laughs> that like I, I think to best narrow down what mario is you kind of have to judge him against wario because mm-hmm. like Wario is a character on which choices have been like made. Like this is Wario has a personality. He's chaotic. He's greedy. He's um he is large, and so that must mean that uh Mario is orderly, generous, and slim. Like if 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 we're judging like just this is the opposite of Mario, right? Yeah, so, like, I and even then, that's not a lot of character to go on, you know. Yeah. So all this to say, will this movie get a sequel? It 
It almost has to. Like, Probably. I would be shocked like... if it didn't. It's made like over half a billion dollars right now. Yeah, like, so it'll probably get a sequel. Weekend, exactly. My guess is they're gonna greenlight a Metroid or a Zelda. Like they're gonna greenlight more Nintendo projects given the success of this. Yeah. Will they all merge into one universe? I don't know, Zach. It is a big universe out there with lots of galaxies. Lots of galaxies. However, there is a a crossover event series in the games itself that justifies a, a thing like that. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I'm saying it's there. Super Mario Brothers 2, Yoshi's Island, coming Yoshi's to theaters Island. 2027. Probably. Do you think in Super Mario Brothers 2, Yoshi's Island, um, is the villain Wario and Waluigi, or is it Bowser Jr.? I think uh, it is Bowser aided by... Wario, at least, if not both Wario and Waluigi. Um, I don't know how how they can come into being, but I would assume that both of them are in it. Uh, I do want to just run you through uh, that last week uh, we were treated to a number of new developments regarding our favorite, our 100%, the company that always does the things we love, uh the things the new developments regarding uh Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Ah uh, yes. The old that old chestnut. Yep. Now, uh very quickly, uh James Gunn uh is has finished at least one draft of his Superman legacy script uh and has also announced the cast for Creature Commandos, the animated series. I'm gonna let's run through that really quick. Tom. He's also Real quick. Yes. Uh, done costume design and hired a casting director for Superman Legacy. Yeah, that is pre-production. Pre-production is location scouting and uh, costume design and casting and all that stuff. So, uh, Creature Commandos, Tom. Of course, this is like the Suicide Squad, but they are all monsters. So... This is an animated series, although I'm assuming a few of these will likely cross over into live action, given who has been cast as them. Uh, Frank Grillo, a.k.a. Crossbones from the Captain America sequels, will be playing Rick Flagg Sr. Um, unclear, in my opinion, if this is the dad of the Joel Kinnaman Rick Flagg from Suicide Squad. Or if this is the same character but has been retconned into still being alive, or I'm not sure. But, but I don't think Frank Grillo is old enough to play Joel Kinnaman's dad. Correct. Depending on when this show is set, but correct. Yeah. All right. Um, Maria Bakalova as uh, a character who does not, I do not know, and is not part of the main team. Uh, Indira Varma as the Bride of Frankenstein. I like when she's in things. She was in Luther. Mm -hmm. She plays Mrs. Luther. Uh, she's also um, going to be in upcoming Mission Impossibles. And she looks like she could, in real life, play the Bride of Frankenstein. You know who else is in Mission Impossibles that has been recently cast uh, in a pretty substantial role? Is uh, uh, Han Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Um, yes. Uh, is, is that who you meant? No. Um, Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. We knew she was, she was already in it. Yeah. Yes. But she is now heavily rumored, if not locked in as Sue Storm. Is that true? That is the word on the street. We can talk about Fantastic Four things, um, in a bit. I wouldn't hate Vanessa Kirby in that role. Um, I just hadn't seen anything to confirm that. Uh, Again, it's been it's been as confirmed as yeah. the casting for Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, which we can talk about in a little bit. Continuing with the Creature Commandos, David Harbour as Frankenstein, as Eric Frankenstein, Tom's favorite Creature Commandos member. Indeed. Um, another another type of guy who could theoretically do this role in live action if he wanted to. Uh, Zoe Chow as uh, Nina Mazursky, who is like a, a, a fish lady. Mm -hmm. uh, Zoe Chow is very good in the first season of The After Party. 
Uh, Alan Tudyk as Dr. Phosphorus, Tom. An absolute win. We like when Alec, Alan Tudyk's in things. Sean Gunn is playing like three different characters. Uh, Viola Davis also allegedly to appear. So that's that. Now back to the HBO things um, and Warner Brothers things. First off, um, uh, it is no longer, it will no longer be HBO Max. Starting in a couple weeks, it will henceforth be known just as Max. And Tom, let me tell you, I love when a streaming service has the same name as just some guy. Hey, Zach, it's just Max now. But do you know what the uh, slogan is? Is It's the one to watch, correct? It's Max, the one to watch for all your HBO. Lame. Lane, they didn't have to do this. They didn't have to do this. Um, I know. I, of all things. Uh, of the things announced in the Max relaunch, we did get a confirmed Harry Potter reboot television series. Can't see that going wrong. Um, didn't, didn't they also recently announce a Twilight show? Yeah, I think a couple days ago they said, I don't think HBO Max did, but right. uh, a Twilight show is in development. Now, Zach, you might have seen this going around the internet. But uh, HBO Max drops the HBO. It's now just Max. There are some other streaming services that uh, could do the same thing. So Netflix could just be Flix. Flix. It would work, right? Sure. Um, let's see. Uh, why don't you just do one off the cuff? Let's just do Peacock. Uh, <laughs> you almost got me there, Tom. You almost got me. Uh, you can't play me like that, though. Um, you could call, um, uh, I guess they already kind of call it prime, don't they? Or Lou, you call it Lou instead of Hulu. It's not a good, not, not a great, um, change, but it could work. Now on Max, we did get a first look at the penguin show Yes, with the penguin, Colin Farrell's the penguin. Very happy to see my guy walking around. Seems like they sure pumped the water out of Gotham pretty quick given True. given uh the way that this show seems to be happening mm-hmm. um no no clancy brown in the trailer which i was sad to sad to see but yeah we'll see how how that shakes out we got an it prequel series we're also getting a winnie the pooh prequel series which is weird because what is there to prequel those characters just only ever is that is are you just pulling goofs on me this episode tom they just kind of vibe no there's a there's for real for real a winnie the pooh prequel series happening on max it's just like it's just gonna be a vibe i don't know what there is to prequel sure um uh robert downey jr is going to have a an hbo max show where he uh uh rebuilds classic cars so they're environmentally friendly there is a Smartless docu-series, Tom. I don't know if you saw the trailer for that. Uh-huh. It's, uh-huh. A, it's, it's just documenting Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes as they go on tour. I like that a lot. You know I'm all about that. Uh, Tiny Toons Luniversity, Tiny Toons Reboot. A different Robert Downey Jr. project called The Sympathizer, uh, produced slash maybe directed by uh, a director I really like, Park Chan-wook. Um, about uh, spies uh, during the Vietnam War. And Robert Downey Jr. seems to be playing just a really wacky guy in that show. I don't know if you saw the trailer for that, Tom. I did not, but I do like Robert Downey Jr. doing work. Sure. Uh, Yet another uh, Game of Thrones spinoff to be developed, the Harry Potter show. I have a hard Um, time telling if Robert Downey Jr. is a good actor. It depends on the project, I think, for me. Like Zodiac, very good actor. Right. Um, a couple of the Iron Mans, very good. Doolittle, eh. Sherlock, right. eh. He he's worked himself into a good place in which he can just be himself on screen. Right. And he doesn't. Not much of is expected of him. Beyond that, because that's what they're probably paying him for. That seems to be all the Mac stuff I can find right now, Tom. So that's that's kind of where I'm out with this the season of barry's been really good i've liked I it can, so far i concur 
succession's still kicking. I concur. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We got good TV out there, even if the Mandalorian uh, ending is somewhat disappointing. We're going we're gonna to be okay. Now, Tom, back to something you would be excited about, uh, Godzilla X-Kong, the new empire. Yeah. Would would be, except for that trailer just it's, looks fan-made. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, like, and it's a, it's an announcement video. It's like a 15-second announcement video of an ape we assume to be Kong sitting on a throne surrounded by skulls and bones. Uh, but then you get, uh, you get like, a close-up, and its its eyes are different than Kong's eyes. And so you're thinking, ooh, evil Kong. And so... Yeah, it... Listen, I'm excited. I'm always going to watch my guys, Godzilla and Kong, do their stuff i'm I'm all about it i love i love my big my big lads i like that it's godzilla x kong and so it's like either like a rap collaboration or they're like in like a romantic relationship with each um other. but that that which teaser... would you which would which would you rather it be tom that godzilla R- romantic and like romantic like if they had a bromance going now, i didn't say bromance i said romance these two are life partners now. I would still prefer that. They kiss. They smooch. They I'm hug. Fine. They hold hands. I'm fine with it. They're they're gonna buy a house at some point. I maybe I should probably rewatch all of the monster verse movies. Sometime. I I really like the first Godzilla. I don't care much for the rest of them except for Godzilla v Kong, which is fun. So I, I should just rewatch them. So hey, that's a fifty percent success rate. For yeah, you. yeah, two two out of four. Are they still making that uh Monarch TV show? Do you know? Uh, let me check. There is a show called Monarch that ran for one season on Fox that uh is about a country music family, starring Trace Adkins and Susan Sarandon. But I don't think that's what we were talking about. That is not what I'm interested in in any way. In fact, the more you spoke, the less interested I became in that. Really? Susan Sarandon didn't do it? No. Okay. I am not seeing any recent developments regarding um, uh, well, the Monarch series. That's too bad, because I'm a big uh, big fan of that universe. Open. I am still open to it. It has disappointed me twice, but I am open to it. I just like when Godzilla is needed, he comes and saves the day, and then he walks into the sea until humanity needs him again. At the end of each movie, Godzilla just walks into the sea until he's needed again. What a yep. lovely little trope of movies. That's what that's what he that's what he likes to do. That's where he lives. He's like when humanity needs me again, I shall emerge from the sea. It's just uh, a funny thing. Yeah. That's if if you play most Godzilla movies backwards, he emerges from the sea and rebuilds a lot of cities and then returns to the sea. Now, is this MonsterVerse, is this the first time in Godzilla cinema that he is an ally and friend to humanity, or is he always an ally and friend? He saves humanity in the first Godzilla one, right? No, no, yeah, in the Brian Cranston one. I'm saying, like, pre-MonsterVerse, though. Like, in, in former Godzilla movies, is he a monster that should be fought? And is the MonsterVerse that kicked off with... Elizabeth okay. Olsen and Brian Cranston the first time yeah. that he You're, is I, an ally. I, I think he's a bit of both for okay. the most part. I think he is I I think he's established to be just like a force of nature sort of monster, but at some point he like fights more world-threatening monsters as well. I see. He is he's sort of an anti-hero. I have the I have the the uh, Wikipedia for Godzilla pulled up here and it says as the series expanded, some stories took less serious undertones, portraying Godzilla as an anti-hero or a lesser threat who would defend humanity. So I, I think he's, he started out as as a threat to humanity and now is a and 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 will occasionally shift into a more protector role as I as see. he is most often seen in the um legendary monster verse movies do you think elizabeth olsen would be interested in returning to this universe that she kicked off pre-age of ultron pre-marvel pre-all for fame 
she was yeah. like this might be my big break and it kind of was but would she ever consider coming back to it i don't know i can't speak for elizabeth olsen how would i know that she's doing she's doing an hbo max series that based on a crime that hulu already made a series about like there's is it wait is this the one where she's like having an affair with yeah 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 yeah. they made hulu made a show based on that same crime last year well now elizabeth olsen gets to do it okay okay i mean jesse plemons is in it so i will probably watch it i feel like elizabeth olsen is legitimately a chill hang so she's not very nice i'm sure she's very nice there are some celebrities that I don't feel that way about, but I think Elizabeth Olsen would be a chill hang. Uh, Tom, before before we dive into your Marvel recap, I do want to just do a little rant of my own here. Mm-hmm. Um, have you noticed that people um, uh, name their children really stupid things now? I sure have. I came across a child the other day whose name was Camden, but it was spelled K-A-M-D-Y-N-N. First of all, I hate you didn't it. need you didn't need the second end. Correct. You didn't need the second end. You there are already multiple cities in this here country, the United States of America, that are named Camden that are spelled in a perfectly reasonable way. And Correct. there's no reason why you couldn't share your child couldn't share that same spelling. You know? Is is there an overarching philosophy that you have, Tom? For if you ever had children, which I know you may you may not wish to, mm-hmm. if you ever had children, these are the types of names, or this is this is how I would go about naming them. I can't say that there is. I I think I would want the names to be, I would want the names to be unique, but not in the way that they're spelled, and not in the way that they are, um, like unheard of or like bizarre names. But I wouldn't want. Sure. I mean, as a Tom talking to a Zach, I yeah. wouldn't want it to be just like a very common name. Yeah. Um, I would want it to be a unique name. Memorable, but not like obnoxiously unique, I would say. Right. Personally. Like I'm not going to name my child Maverick, which I know is a whole trend now after Top Gun Maverick. I mean, it was a trend before. I knew I know multiple children named Maverick who were born prior to that film. There are certain names that I think are just too commonplace and there are certain names that i think are too bizarre especially it's just i don't like when people specifically just spell it weird sure oh yeah that's definitely part of it so my overarching philosophy regarding children baby baby names child names is that uh you shouldn't name your child anything that you wouldn't that if you were like the boss of a company or were a registered voter here in the united states uh if if someone if you were interviewing someone and they uh i'm gonna pull up a meme here quick so i can have names to pull from because uh there, there's a very famous meme of a white woman who's pregnant standing in front of a chalkboard that has possible baby names yep. on it that are all ridiculous um i'm just gonna use that so if 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 uh if you were going to if you were going to send your child out into the world to get a job and uh, they had to fill out a job application and their name was Kaylee Johnson, I would feel so bad for the curse that I had placed up, I had bestowed upon my child. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or Lakin, Lakin Johnson, McCarty Smith. These are all fake names. Your perhaps your child in the far future wants to run for some sort of political office. They should not be saddled with this terrible name that you have gave them. Name them something that is one cute for a baby, but perfectly reasonable for an adult human being. Because that's what eventually that's really what you're having. Like eventually, this child will ideally grow up, and they will have to reckon with the fact that you named them something ridiculous. Yes, back. Yes. Now, I'm going to send you a link. Okay. I would love it. It's going to be another a classic, classic uh, Fool's Gold Variety Hour segment where Zach reads something without pre-reading it. He just reads it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I sent you the link. It should be coming in. Your job, again, do not read ahead. You're just going to read 
the article. Oh, I'm reading this link. I'm reading the hyperlink here, Tom. Okay. Uh, tell no, me when. Speaking, speaking of weird names that might run into that might run for office, I just thought of Lyndon Baines Johnson and how Lyndon that was a Baines weird name. Johnson, LBJ, indeed. Do you want me All to right. do the, the headline, or do you want me to just no, jump no, no. into it? Don't do the headline. Okay. Just jump in. This 36th president of the United States of America, Lyndon B. Johnson, had a large penis of which he was very proud. He nicknamed it, quote, Jumbo. Johnson regularly showed his penis to the staff and journalists of the White House saying, have you ever seen anything as big as this? When a... Let me do that in the Lyndon Baines Johnson impression. Have you ever seen anything as big as this? When a journalist asked Johnson to justify the continuation of the Vietnam War, Johnson asked all of the women to leave the room, pulled out his penis, and yelled, That's why? Huh? Do you want me to keep going? Oh, I would love it if you kept going. I, I, knew, I know. I, I mean, I've, I'm reading the quote here, and I know what this is about. I've heard, this, I've heard of this before. On YouTube, you can find a recording of Johnson ordering pants with an enlarged crotch. Uh, definitely a must listen. And here's a quote from said recording. And another thing, uh, the crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Besides showing off his penis rather generously to those around him, Johnson was notorious for crude behavior, which put those around him in discomfort. Most likely he did it on purpose to exert dominance over others. Either that or he was just a huge pervert, or possibly both. It definitely seems like that's probably what it was. <laughs> just two more paragraphs is all I need. Johnson once urinated on a Secret Service agent's leg while the agent was giving him cover. The president told him, don't worry, son, it's my prerogative. He loved One, to conduct yes. meetings while sitting on the toilet or urinating in a sink. I knew about this. Of course, his staff had to accompany him. In addition, Johnson asked a phone to be installed in the toilet of the White House so he can make necessarily calls, necessary calls while defecating. This is the last one here during his 1964 presidential election campaign. Johnson. No, you, you actually you can skip this paragraph and I would love it if you just went to the next one. OK, OK. Johnson had a peculiar wish after moving into the White House. He wanted to have additional shower heads. <laughs> yes. I can't believe you've done this to me, Tom. <laughs> he wanted to have additional shower heads installed to blast water directly. <laughs> I, I can't get through that. The shower heads had to have a, a water pressure equivalent. <laughs> See, I knew, I knew most of this already. But All I right. don't. So he wanted to have additional shower heads installed to blast water directly at his penis. The shower yeah. heads had to have water pressure the equivalent to that of a fire, fire hose. hose. In addition, Johnson wanted to have a switch that he could flip for either hot or cold water. And then if you could just read the conclusion of the article. Well, conclusion. Lyndon B. Johnson was one of the most controversial presidents in American history. He improved civil rights, health care, and welfare. However, he also escalated the disastrous Vietnam War. However, nicknaming his penis Jumbo pales in comparison to all of the above. Pales in, signif pales in insignificance compared to all of the above. So all that to say, mixed bag. <laughs> the, conclusion, the conclusion is like, mixed bag presidency. <laughs> like... I'm kind of comforted to know that we've never had a normal guy sitting in that chair, sitting in that office. Yeah. We've, all, we've always had freaks, perverts, or like senile old men occupying the highest position in this world. I, I mean, in this country. And I don't know if that speaks to just like uh, some sense of uni uni unity among the American people or or what, but man... We sure knew. We sure do know how to pick them. Indeed. We sure can pick them. I I knew most of that too. <laughs> it's I, just I, reading I read... it. It's <laughs> just reading it that you're like, what am I looking at? It's it's wild that you don't get any of that in like a in like the very few L, LBJ um like biopics that we've had. Like the the Brian Cranston one on HBO, you don't see him just whipping it out. 
urinating on a secret service yeah men's leg and being like it's my prerogative no that that doesn't happen okay okay tom how's that marvel rewatch going so i watched marvel i watched marvel's the avengers seen uh holds up really fun movie really well done it has a very cheap looking uh uh cinematography though it is, yes. it is it is shot like a TV show. Yes. That that is true, but it just I don't know, the way I don't know how to explain it. The way sequences flow together though is actually really well done. Um and I don't know, I was just really impressed. That is a fun movie. It's funny. The jokes land. The plot is solid. And like it all kind of it just kind of works for me. Mm. Um despite being Made and directed by a bad person. I also a bad watched... person who for years tried to convince people how good he was. Right. Too. I watched Iron Man 3. And let me tell you, the first I time I were... saw that movie in theaters, I loved it. I thought it was yep. amazing. Yep. Then I rewatched it with my dad and I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Hmm. Now, this is the third time I've watched it. And let me tell you, we are back to that first viewing that is a great movie yeah i brother. really like that movie that's a good movie it's I like iron way man it's way better than iron man 2 it's oh, yeah. worse it's worse than the first iron man but not by a lot like it is actually a really good movie the themes are good the plot's good the acting is actually pretty solid yeah the jokes land and for everybody who's like oh, i can't believe they uh made ben kingsley's character an actor and like that was so unnecessary and like out of they set that up so clearly in the first two acts of the film it's like on a third rewatch blatantly obvious that that's what's happening Mm -hmm. um so for everybody who's like oh it was like an unnecessary plot twist or like oh they ruined like rewatch the movie with the information that that's an actor and you will be like, Oh, that's super obvious. Yep. Like the first time, the first time Tony watches a video of him, he literally is like, why is he talking like a Baptist preacher? And why is this so theatrical? And is this guy even like seeds are planted? Yeah. Yeah. Do you get past Iron Man three or do you have, I did not Thor, Thor, the dark world and winter soldier are uh, up next. Then the two that you weren't looking forward to, if I remember correctly. The two I uh the the one Marvel movie I know I like the least is Winter Soldier. And the Dark World, everybody hates on it, and I I've only seen it the one time, so I'm just a little worried about it. I I like the Dark World the first time I saw it, but I grew to like it less. I like Winter Soldier, but it has been a while since I have last seen it. So uh I could be wrong. I do feel like in the first Avengers movie, it's not talked about enough that S.H.I.E.L.D. is planning on using Hydra weapons to, like... Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is very shady and nefarious and terrible Yeah. in that movie. It's not, like, the World Council or whatever it's, the, whatever it's called that Nick Fury's yeah. always talking to yeah. launches a nuke at New York. That's on them. That's not S.H.I.E.L.D. Directly. I will say, I will say, I think I believe in Agents of Shield. A couple of those people in that council are revealed to be Hydra people. Gotcha. Um, but uh, right. So, but basically, the World Security Council is not Shield. But the World Security Council launches the nuke. That's its own thing. Shield itself, what Nick Fury is in charge of, is a terrible organization. Yeah. As is revealed by. The Avengers movie. I just completely forgot that that was a real thing in that movie. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, I would love it if in, I don't remember it well enough, but if in Captain America Civil War, that is at least addressed and is like, because I understand Hydra is, but like, I would love it if Captain America was like, no, S.H.I.E.L.D. also is bad. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. and Hydra are both wanting and doing the same thing. This whole like, if they're shooting at us, they're the bad guys scenario? Mm-hmm. No. In the last movie you were in, we established this entire organization, everyone in it. Though not Hydra, bad. He does get very chummy with Nick Fury in Winter Soldier. 
which is strange because in the Avengers, he and Nick Fury uh, do not get along. Mm-hmm. Because Nick Fury is planning on building weapons that can vaporize people. And and I believe in Winter Soldier, it is revealed as though Nick Fury had no idea any of this Hydra stuff was happening. Which, as director of this thing, I find that hard to believe. Unless you are legitimately have absolutely no idea what's happening in your own thing. Like, you are 100% a patch scene in this situation. Right. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. How that goes again it's been a couple years since last i saw winter soldier so i do not know do you got a bomb tom i believe i do i just gotta find uh find it oh uh before before we get there uh yeah word on the street adam driver mr fantastic oh yeah uh, not terrible casting in my opinion however i don't think adam driver should be forced to do marvel stuff i agree he uh if if it is like a Pattinson situation like he is doing marvel stuff so he can get paid a lot of money so he can go fund whatever like michael mann thing that michael mann wants him to do or or whatever other like serious prestige drama that uh he's uh also wants to do um that adam driver has signed himself up for fine well and good i i believe that's probably why adam driver stuck it through star wars and he can probably stick it through at least three marvel movies of which would be required of him yeah i mean the guy hates doing press for those sorts of things but Mm -hmm. again i think he like i yeah if this is just so he can get the money to do what he actually wants to do yeah then very very well I, i can't believe that he wanted to do the astronaut trapped in the past with dinosaurs movie Right. I feel like he did that so he could like make sure that Michael Mann's Ferrari movie got the got the necessary money to make it to theaters or whatever. Like I have to believe that that's what Adam Driver's prerogative is. Yes. So, here's my pitch. It's actually superhero related. Okay. So it's True Detective set in the 70s. Really gritty. Okay, so kind of like the the flashback portions of season three. Yeah, but but you're just gonna, but it's two detectives, um, who are, who are kind of working on a string of very bizarre, mysterious murders and disappearances in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much sort of taxi driver meets Jaws. Now, it meets Jaws because in the same way that the shark is used very minimally in Jaws. So in the same way that Jaws, that the shark is very minimally used, but drives the entire show and drives all the action. Yeah. In the same way, Spawn is is very minimally used, but is in this world with the Violator, who is also very minimally used. And it's these two detectives trying to solve these cases that Spawn is also working, but you very rarely see Spawn. I'm I feel like that's the only way Spawn works in a way that's interesting to me. Yeah. And when I'm doing pitching for you, I'm just doing things that interest me. I I I appreciate that. Uh, I don't love Spawn for the most part, because um, I think he's that premise is usually done better with either uh ghost rider or the specter right um, i agree the uh, marvel and dc equivalents of spawn um i will say that this premise is semi surf dracula e if if we're if we're promising a spawn show and very rarely showing spawn to be clear i never want this to be a spawn show where he's yeah. on screen it's like it's his thing i yeah, want it, it if if I have to watch and you want me to be interested, how this bomb came about is because a coworker was like, you like superheroes. Would you ever be interested in writing a Spawn movie or Spawn show? I really like Spawn. And I was like, no, I would not. I do not like Spawn. I'm not interested in that. But it got me thinking, if somebody called my phone and was like, we'll pay you, hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> to write yeah. this is what i would write because it would at least be interesting to me and it, it i don't know i think there's a way to do it that's actually really cool 
yeah for those for those who are aren't aware spawn is a uh independent comic character who is an undead like he's some sort of like high level like combatant like he's like a special agent or like a cop or something and he uh gets betrayed and he dies and then he uh like makes a deal with the devil and comes back as like this avenging spirit and like there was a movie in the late 90s with michael jai white there was there's been a development hell mike uh jamie fox reboot that uh i think will often have like oh by the end of this year the spawn movie's coming out and like it it just it it's never happened and it probably never will um but um it uh and i don't like him because he's basically ghost rider or the specter and i like both of those characters more but uh, the thing is i don't find this i don't think i find this um premise interesting if it is a ghost rider thing or a specter thing however a spawn thing theoretically i could be interested in it yeah and again i don't want to make it surf surf jacket like i don't want to make this a I don't even know if I would market it as like it wouldn't even be called Spawn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I just think I think there's set. a detective character in there is in yeah his in name Spawn is Comics. his name is Twitch. Yeah, it's like a Twitch show then. Yeah. Um, sure. It'd be it'd be no different than yeah a Gotham City Police Department show that Batman yeah. appears in from time to time. Yeah. Um. Just slightly different in that, similar to Jaws, Spawn is driving the action. Where as in a GCPD show, it's the criminals. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm not gonna say it's a out and out bomb, Tom. But I'm gonna say that I need you need we need to we're gonna we're gonna send it back. Okay. For for some revisions, some new drafts. Not that you need to resubmit it, Tom. Speaking of sending it back for versions of new drafts, I tweeted about this, but I very I want to speak it into existence again. I want to manifest this. James Gunn revealed that he is giving all of his DC projects over to Tom King, my favorite active current comic writer, for notes. And Tom King is providing notes on the strips, what works and what doesn't work. This means that Tom King, the man who writes the best Catwoman ever, period, hands down, in mm-hmm. his Batman run, and his Batman Catwoman run, could, as a framing device, suggest for the Batman movies in the DC Universe that Julie Newmar, of 1960s Batman fame, do oh, a type... show specifically, because she didn't do it in the movie. Yes. And, but, and but Julie Newmar... In the show, yeah. Julie Newmar does a Titanic scenario, a framing device where she is telling somebody about the bat family and the whole movie is set but like julie newmar is doing a swan song performance as an elderly lady talking about the bat family through the lens of catwoman and it could be really interesting and really perfect and tom king and james gunn can make it happen because tom king is the best at catwoman i guess that's 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 an idea i don't dislike it i don't know if julie newmar i don't know what her health is like and i also is is, so is is the Bat family that she remembers akin to the 60s show, or is it... No. No? No, it's not the same Catwoman. If, she, if she's not the same Catwoman, what's the point? Because it's nice. It's like when they got Burt Ward to show up in the CW shows for like two seconds, and he's like walking his dog, and it's just an old man in a shirt that is the same color as Robin's costume. Or as of... I think yesterday in the Titans episode when Cesar Romero's Joker and the actual Grant Morrison made appearances. No way. Yes. I, I, I heard that they did something weird with Titans, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. It was that, and it was that weird. Man. Not every... I'm, I am sorry. This is not a thing on you. I don't think that every single um, superhero thing has to be a multiverse now. Oh, I'm, I don't either. I'm, I'm tired of it, dude. Mm-hmm. I if if they make more live action Spider Man things and it, they milk the fact that there are like two separate Spider Man universes now, I'm going to like. I it's going to be a, a disappointment for me. I never want Tom Holland to see another portal open up 
and a familiar face walk through again. I don't want that. I want Tom Holland to do Spider-Man stuff. I agree. It's it's a shame that so much of Spider-Man's identity is now tied to the multiverse because of No Way Home and Into the Spider-Verse. And now the comics are doing it. And now it looks like we're just trending in a, this is a Spider-Man thing now. And I hate yeah. it. Um, I will say Beast Boy standing <laughs> there and suddenly a portal opens and the actual Grant Morrison is looking at him and saying, I can see you. Can you see me? The multiverse I created is real, is kind of perfect for me and works. <laughs> that, so Grant Morrison that's, is, is that's like kind of ideal. God. Yes. <laughs> that's kind okay. of ideal for me. And then the fact that it cuts open and it's just Caesar Romero Joker being like, hello, I'm the Joker, kind of works for me. <laughs> it that's all kind of works. It's kind of exhausting, though. It is so exhausting, Tom. That I feel like I think we should end. I think we should end the show right now. This episode. Very well. Unless you have more to say. I I agree that it's exhausting. I just like that in the Titans show they made it very campy and hysterical and over the top funny. See, I know that I know that Titans. Um, I know the Titans had done. Not Titans. Titans had appeared in. Or some of the Titans characters had appeared in the CW multiverse crossover sh- thing. Right. And so now it just looks like Titans is doing it too. Did any Doom Patrol characters show up in that? In the yeah. Thing? Yep. Yeah. So uh, actually Beast Boy was in their universe for a while in that episode, like for like 10 minutes. Gotcha. And then it's canonic- there was I mean, also... Canonically in the Titans show, Beast Boy was part of the Doom Patrol before he joined the right. Titans. And then, although although they never mention it again, as far as I, I think I'm aware. There is a really cool scene where it's just, again, they did it in a funny way because he like would whip through a portal and then suddenly be in 2D animation and be in like Teen Titans Go. And then mm-hmm. he, like, it just, he was like transcending all of these DC mediums and then the actual Grant Morrison <laughs> just appears at the end. Any of the movies? <laughs> did he cross over in any of the movies? Did yeah. he meet Pat? Did he meet Rob, Bob? Bob Pattinson? Maybe maybe the voice of Bob Pattinson. There was a lot of... It was kind of like Rise of Skywalker as well because mm-hmm. there were just like voices from like a bunch of things that were like speaking to him. So I would have to re-watch the clip, but I wouldn't Here. be surprised if there was a clip of... I, I pulled the clip up. I'm just going to scrub through it and see how many of these people I'm aware of. Okay. There's a weird voice I can't place talking to Beast Boy. Looks like the Flash is running around him. Uh, which Flash, though? It is... It is the Grant Gustin Flash from the CW. He's just... It's just, So, so if I can paint... I can paint it for the audience. It is Beast Boy. Uh, for those who don't know, he's a boy who can shapeshift into animals. And he's wearing a red costume and he's got green hair. And he's standing in, like, this void filled with, like... Like energy around him and then suddenly he sees the flashes lightning and a portal appears in front of him like a tv screen i and, you know and, and it's he... so it's so campy and so low quality which is why it, where it's so funny to me it's just bizarre and and so he 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 looked through it and he's he has been shocked by the flashes lightning and now he's in uh the star girl universe which I don't know if that's canonically part of the CW thing or not. Uh, and he's talking to Stargirl. It's like he's going into a new universe now. He's just sort of floating in this void. He's with the, there's a scene in which he's like propelling himself through this void. And it is the most like, all right, we have the tr- like the green screen background. Now we just need to like enlarge this video layer. So it just looks like he's coming close to us. All right. Um, New thing opened up. Oh, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing's cool. Open one in front of him. Shazam. Zach Levi Shazam. I'm hearing footsteps. There's Grant Morrison. Uh, there's He waves at Grant Morrison. There is... Now we see a portal with a TV. And there's the cartoon version of Beast Boy from Teen Titans Go. He's talking. Whose TV was that? We don't know. Okay. Now there are... Um, voices. I'm going to see if I can place these voices. 
I hear uh, maybe John Schneider, uh, Jonathan Kent from Smallville. I hear a, a, a Joker that sounds close to Cesar Romero. Maybe like a weird mix of Cesar Romero and Jack Nicholson. Who's that? I don't know who this is. There's a portal opens and it's just some guy in a mask. I don't know who it is. Who is this guy? I don't know what you're seeing. Hold on, I'll I'll send I'll send you a, a screenshot because I don't know who this is. It's just some guy in a COVID mask. It's, no, it's just some guy in a red mask and a red costume. I don't know who he is. There, I just sent it. Who's that? Who is that supposed to be? Do you have any idea, Tom? I don't know who this is. What show is he from? I've never seen this guy in my life. I don't know who that is. I don't think it's Shaquille O'Neal's character from that movie he did. No. I truly don't know. Maybe it's somebody from Titans. Who could say? And then uh, Doom Patrol Universe. Uh, I think I'm still I'm missing a few of these because I'm not seeing Cesar Romero's Joker yet. Well, I, you hear his voice. Yes, because that is his voice. Okay, I do not know who this this man in the red mask and the necklace and stuff is. I've never seen him before. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out. I, this is going to bug me until I figure it out, and I will not end the episode uh, until I know who this was. I need like to see. Okay, so. Here we go. Screen Rant presents all 13 DC and TV cam- DC movie and TV cameos in Titans Season 4's multiverse scene. All right. Uh, Grant, Gustin, Flash. Stargirl. We knew that. Swamp Thing. We knew that. Zach Levi Shazam. Grant Morrison. Correct. Uh, Teen Titans Go. Beast Boy. You could hear Kaylee Cuoco's Harley Quinn. That was one of the little oh. You could hear allegedly both Joaquin Phoenix. This is Joker, and uh, I think Cesar Romero's Joker. Uh, you can hear Dr. Fate's voice from Smallville. Uh, you could hear Jonathan Kent's voice from the 1978 Superman movie, from the Richard Donner, Christopher Reeve Superman uh-huh. movie. That was Jonathan Kent's voice. Uh, you could also hear Cesar, Cesar Romero. You could see Cyborg. Who is the red suit guy? He's not in here. Sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. You guys can leave if you want. <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> The episode ended with a title card thanking Grant Morrison, the master of the multiverse. Okay. Good, good for, good for them. Is no one, no one's bringing this up in the comics, comments. Everyone in the comments seems to know exactly who this, like, it, they're not even bringing it up. I have no idea who this man at, this man at like 340 in this video that I'm seeing is. It might be just somebody from Titans, but if you're watching Titans, you just know who that is. I assume it has to be. I assume it has to be just some person from Titans because I cannot I cannot place him and he is not showing up in any of the lists that I'm seeing of Easter eggs. Yes, this is Freedom Beast. It's Freedom Beast. I don't know if you're aware of Freedom Beast, Tom, but he is a DC Comics character who uh, appears in the fourth season of Titans. All right. Case closed. We did it. Case closed, everybody. We figured it out. I know I know you I know you were all very interested <laughs> to know who this who this man whom you cannot see is. Um and so uh but we figured it out and Anyways, uh, the multiverse exhausts us except when Grant Morrison is actually in it. Correct. And uh as long as they appear in multiverse or are involved in DC things. Uh, there is yet hope and that's it thanks for listening everybody sorry sorry